Blake Chadwick. Oh, Benji. Look who's calling. Is this a spite call? Uh, it, I do you ha- are you uh are you feeling spiteful today? I feel like you are feeling spiteful today. I I, I think you know I'm feeling spiteful today. <laughs> I when I was uh earlier thinking I I got a message Blake see if we're still doing it. Uh I was like, "Oh, he's going to be like real salty. I could just like uh I I'm could... sure you were licking your chops." I I'm like, "Do do I go and just talk about what I had planned on talking about?" Or do I get Salty Blake in here and just throw him a book of matches and watch the world burn? <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm ready to burn it all down quite yet. But yeah. uh, maybe, maybe maybe we can throw a little salt in the wound. I mean, I, I don't know how – I don't want to get detailed. We'll just say that, like, like you, you lost a booking today, and it's it's always irksome, obviously. But Yeah, uh, um De- definitely not really looking to talk too much about that right no, now. No, no, but, no, no. But you know, but cer- but certainly, um, it's uh, obviously we're Seinfeld people, so I guess it's my version of Death Blow. <laughs> that's 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 a funny analogy there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's uh, there are, there are some bookings that are more are more important and look you look forward to more than others, especially when you. Uh, Absolutely. Have been doing them regularly, and this was one of those. And, uh, you know, maybe yeah. maybe we'll just leave it at that. And uh, Yeah, I mean, there, there's a multitude of factors, um, fun, experience, and, you know, of course, the finance aspects. So. Right. You get you get nothing unlike it now, my, my friend. You get nothing unlike it. I know. So, oh. so I wanted – I made this observation as it was happening – and I just f- figured let's start this off real easy. Okay. And and say uh, uh, maybe ask you to kind of try and explain to people. We'll we'll get in and out of this really quick. Just just go. Okay. Bear with me for a second. I, I, by the by the way, for the record, everyone listening, absolutely no idea where he's going. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. You don't. Can you explain like in a succinct way what Weekend Jackie was? Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Um the funny thing is Weekend Jackie is sort of like the inverse of an actual weekend. Because Weekend Jackie was basically 5 days a week. The okay. weekend, like the 2 days off, well, is when he wasn't Weekend Jackie. Well, that, I, I I would I would okay. So we haven't really described what it is. Our 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 dearly departed friend Jackie Used to um, go on these uh, these drinking uh, stretches, tirades, rants. Well, it was all part of it. It was like he would he would drink all weekend. I I feel like it would begin in the weekend, and then because it didn't stop at the weekend, Tuesday you you would say, "Up, oh, we still have weekend, Jackie." Usually, like there's a Wednesday, potentially Thursday window of like of nothing really going on. I feel like it just depends on the sports calendar with that. Right. Like, obviously, right now, Thursday night football, probably right back in the mix. Could, I, I don't think he watches games a lot. of. I don't think he's into sports that aren't Miami sports. I feel like he, he, he was rarely in our conversations on a Thursday night or a Saturday night game unless the uh. Unless or, the or, or, it's like a, or it's like championship or something. Right, right, right. So 
my feeling is I think the origins of it were that he would start drinking on the weekend and his internet presence and his yes. and his you know uh, increased because he was all sauced up and he was you know feeling 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 his oats and and uh, well and, and you'd have you'd have to include late night calls late night texts right posts, well, well, was, rants yeah it was it was this whole thing where as the, the as the weekend could progressed he was he was jabbing with people online he was uh, because he was up all hours doing this uh, right because he was like it would just go for like i don't think he slept for stretches of like two or three days we would just oh, no. he would just be drinking and if he wasn't actually watching the game or something he would be uh jawing with someone online or calling someone and we have we have we had there were there was other cast and characters of people that well, were, I mean, I mean, you'd that, have situations that would get where, roped in, like well, uh, West Coast people, or like Paul was a drinker, so he'd be up with Jackie till or, three or, in the morning. Or, you, or, or you'd have situations where you'd wake up with like a hundred notifications and say, "Why is Jackie feuding with this former WCW star?" Right, and it all like, 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 like how did he just get into some engage- Like how did he just get into some back and forth? Like the next thing you know, Johnny the Bull wanting to kill Jackie. Right, right. Or uh, uh, well, Ahmed Johnson was me, but uh, but yeah, there's. Well, that was that was that was a hero thing, wasn't it? It was me and Chris Hero. I think we both right. feuded with Ahmed Johnson. Uh, right, but it was brief. It was a. It was you know a. It it was a scuffle. It wasn't like a full feud. Right, right, but, right. But there would be like times where like Jack and be and again during football season was the biggest part of it because you would have Canes games on Saturday and Dolphins games on Sunday and, right. and sometimes he would lose his Canes bet and be trying to double or nothing with someone or do a, another bet with someone else to try and recover you know his losses from, from well, the, and right. as you and I both know, I mean, right now, I mean, we're just getting into October, just into the second month of football. We're just kind of reaching that quarter pole of the season. The dolphins at three and one, obviously coming off of a loss, but, but looking very good. I mean, how they look much, like the best. How much money would he have lost on this? Last... On the, the, or the bills game. Yes, absolutely. Well, not the bills game. He, they pulled that out, but the, uh, but, well, right, but he would have thrown a ton on that game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would have like he'd been flushed with cash and confidence and whatever. And yes. then and then that fourth game, man, he would and, have... and then and then you got to factor in the Bengals. I mean, that's your Jim Nilsson crew, Josh Sneed, all like those guys. So he would have been like betting even more. Yeah. Yep. And and uh, and at halftime, or I I forget when Tua actually got hurt. You know, it, he, it, it was yeah, it was like around that time. He, I feel like he's the kind of person who would start trying to negotiate an exit strategy for these bad bets he now had that he was. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, and with and with the concussion stuff, or, I mean, he would have been he would have gotten in fifteen more fights. Or people would have started getting on him, going, "Oh, you're fucked now," and he would have doubled down, going, "I believe in Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bear's going to get us through this." I could see either scenario. And, and then he would start posting pictures of Teddy in his Boynton Beach High <laughs> uniform and all that stuff. Right, you know, he, South he would, Florida legend and this and that. He would have mushed it much quicker than it actually went. The, way oh, before yeah. the interception, one hundred percent. So, so the reason I bring this up was that we had observed this uh, phenomenon 
where I think uh, we just had this tremendous stretch of like of time where uh, uh, we were like, would Jack have even stopped drinking? And it was, I think, the Hurricanes played, then the Dolphins played, and then there was another Dolphins game. Or in like a pay-per-view. That Thursday. So we were like, would he have stopped because the Dolphins had won? It's a, it's. I think he celebratorily drinks longer, and could he have? Would he have stretched that all the way till Thursday? You know, Sunday to Thursday, because that's that's all a, valid questions. And, and and then I I thought like, my God, could you even have imagined if the Canes had not had the week off? Right. And then they were playing Thursday to Saturday. Or if they didn't lose to Middle Tennessee. Well, I think that's I don't I think I think Kane's losing creates more drinking and then Dolphins winning is also more drinking. I I it's just my logic here. I don't know. I I think he was wired strangely that way. I agree. Yeah. So so I th- I just thought like it's a shame he's not around. So that we could have seen, like, because we would have secretly on the side all been placing bets. How long is this going to go? Is he going to go to the next Dolphins game? Because it's not Sunday to Sunday; it's Sunday to Thursday. What? What are we? Right. I think. I think we would have all been laying side bets on that. I think it would have. Oh, there have been some heavy side betting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! It's so funny that we we miss him for the spectacle. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, you know. It was a very uh, uncomfortable and terrible occurrence, but well, uh, they were, they but, were... but you go back, but you go back to um, abandonment Monday, and it's you know I mean it's an all time story now. Well, abandonment Mondays when we left them in Orlando for being basically drunk the entire time we were in Orlando from like Thursday through Sunday, and right. and it, it was a it was a it was basically like living with it was like being with him the full stretch of a weekend Jackie. Right. And then obviously trying to fight me and the whole right. deal right, and right, whatever. Right. And right. Yeah. But, but my point, but that's all in a microcosm because we see some of that stuff. That's like every time there was a weekend Jackie, sometimes he would fight with us, but other times it was great because he'd be fighting with someone and we could oh, just you, sit we, back. We'd and observe. Watch. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So sometimes you'd, like you said, there'd be a feud with Vito or with, Johnny the Bull or God knows who, uh, Luke and Hurricane and all these people. <laughs> or uh or yeah, or he'd be or he'd have unfriended half of us. So it was right. it was it was a, a very exciting roll of the dice every weekend. Or almost every weekend, I guess. Where are you what are you doing? Where are you going? What's I, I just got in the car. My God, this is like a, I feel like I'm podcasting with Anthony here. I mean, listen, man has got to eat. <laughs> What'd you get? Yeah. I mean, a- a- Anthony's probably picking up the pizza. I'm picking up the Publix. Oh, okay. <laughs> Healthy or no? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to make some dinner. Oh, okay. Oh, someone's cooking. What a, what a catch you are. You cook. Yeah, I, I, do, I, I absolutely petrified about cooking for women, but I do cook. <laughs> I mean, like. Like, if I fuck it up, like, I'll eat it. I don't care. But, like, I mean, how do I present that to someone else? Right. That's, I, I listen, I, it's the effort. It's supposed to be the effort that counts, right? That's what mom always says. I will, the I will that say, though, 
the last time I did cook for a woman, I mean, at this point, it, I mean, it was like, I don't know, maybe six months ago or so, but I, I nailed it. Like it was one of these things, like I have no idea how it worked out, but like it was cooked perfectly, plated perfectly. I was like, you know, in a like complete zone. This all sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. Oh, it was ridiculous because for one, I thought the whole purpose of what we were doing, it was going to be, we were going to like make it together, like kind of like a date thing. Ugh. And the next thing I know, it's like, oh yeah, you cook it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how my roommate and his girlfriend were. Uh, the theory behind them getting those like uh, blue apron deals was, was right. it? Right. It's, like it's like a combo gimmick. It'd be like a cook it together, but I'd be sitting on the couch watching TV, watching the operation in there. And it right. was like herding cats. He he kept trying to sneak off to let her fucking do everything. Right. <laughs> and then she'd have to like bring him back. And then she was like making him do stuff. But but because he's like a total fucking like retard when it comes to like anything in the kitchen. Uh, she's <laughs> she's overseeing then, which means like not only is she doing like her quote half, but she's overseeing is his half, which is. Even more time-consuming than just doing it all yourself. And I'm sure his half was, like, cutting stuff up. It was, like, wash this and cut yeah, this. Exactly. Exactly. And God forbid it was watch this and make sure it doesn't burn. <laughs> right. right. Next right. thing you know, the smoke alarm's going off. I had one of those deals about a year ago. I uh, was uh, looking in my living room or my kitchen, and I and I was uh, my ex-girlfriend was making something, and the next thing I know, I see flames. Yeah. Well, luckily it's a rental, right? Luckily it's a rental and uh, it was able to uh, be quickly put out. But yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was something else. Yeah, I just bought three a three pack of fire uh, alarms for my new place. I, I oh, that... never thought there'd be a day where I was buying fire alarms for a place. I just never. Yeah. And, I mean, and then the, the, the shitty part is like what happens when it goes off? And it's like you have to deal with it. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't just walk out and and uh, I just don't walk out and wait for the the fire truck to come. I I have to try and put this out because because this is my place now. I was going to say it's yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's this is the new thing. That's a, I, have, I have an issue with a leak out of a window now and I'm like, fuck, I got to fucking deal with this. This right. is this is all new territory and I'm, I hate it already. And I, I haven't even officially moved in there yet. Welcome to homeownership. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, what 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 I wanted to try today is I'm I want to get into a little bit of nuts and bolts with what you do uh, because okay. I think people would be like kind of curious. Like, I'm I'm gonna try and ask like the common sense questions about like what's involved with like okay. with like I first of all when you when people ask what do you do like uh, other than your like your shoot job like your you know your your what what do you call it your the job you want to be your shoot job uh the announcing gig but sometimes you do in the dream brother but sometimes you do commentary and and interviews is it always yeah. is it always i'm an announcer or um i'd like to refer to myself as like a sports broadcaster okay uh, um i i consider myself first and foremost a commentator and that's usually the position I try to angle for. But, you know, being able to do basically anything, I mean, that's gotten me a lot of opportunity. 
I mean, when I first went out to Vegas for Paragon Pro Wrestling back in 2015, that was as a ring announcer. And at that time, I had primarily just been doing commentary. I hadn't really done a lot of ring announcing for a couple of years. But the fact that I was able to do it and I guess had enough of a presentation that they liked for TV that I was able to get the spot. Um, I did uh, the first thing I I was on NBC Sports uh, two years ago, almost to the day uh, for XFC MMA. And I was doing the post fight interviews. I mean, you know, you and I both know that's not my main thing, but obviously I was able to do it well enough for them to say, okay, this can work on TV and then, you know, move forward from there. So I, you know, I always try to, my, my strength, my ultimate strength, I feel is commentary, which I always try to find a place to, to get that in. But, you know, again, it's kind of gig by gig, position by position, company by company, whatever it might be, uh, you know, to where I try to find the best spot for me in that opportunity. I feel like I feel like if you're uh, like at least when I'm watching some some of these things like wrestling or, or whatever, uh, that that commentary will also kind of double into the interview stuff. But the announce sure. the announce guys like the announce guy. Typically, yeah. I mean, there's times where and it might be because it's, you know, what I do and the fact that I can do it. Like I've had plenty of situations where I've announced the winner for an MMA fight and for time constraints or whatever it is, they just have me quickly interview the guy that won. Right. You know, when I'm when I'm am the cage announcer as opposed to the commentator. And I'm sure there's also times where uh, the promotion just, uh, you know, doesn't have the money to hire the people to do. Right. Yes. Yes. So you're pulling kind of double duty, whatever it might be. Yeah. So yeah, those those are definitely situations that that, that pop up. You know, typically when I am the ring announcer, I do just the ring announcing. But, you know, again, and and as the commentator, a lot of times I am just doing commentary, but sometimes there's a special need for an in-ring interview or, you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, that's where I'm able to step in. Are you, I, 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 I see you post pictures doing the MMA stuff. Are you mostly announcing there? Yeah, MMA, most of the time I'm doing the ring announcing. I have over the last, you know, probably 15 months or so broken into the commentary aspect, had the opportunity to call a bunch of fights around the country. But, you know, I'd love to do more. How Um, how many promotions uh, are you doing with MMA? uh, Let's see. Right now with MMA, um, let me see if I can even... uh, really quantify i'd say right now i'm probably working with about five yeah four or five semi-regular regularly i guess depending on what what yeah there's there's one company i'm working with that that runs a handful of states um elite fight night they uh they run the midwest and uh kind of like the smoky mountain area then here in florida i work with xfn extreme fighting nation that's my primary that's my home company that's where i started um probably the more high profile one that i work with regularly is titan fc down here in miami which is on fight pass and uh, i've been working with combat night some down here but combat nights pretty much all over florida jacksonville orlando uh fort lauderdale uh tallahassee i mean they're kind of all over the place so you know, and then uh, our, our buddy Israel, who has been running kind of regularly, he's uh, got a fight coming up in a few weeks, and then in January we'll actually be at the Hard Rock. So, does he have a? That should be a pretty good one. Is he, is he have a promote? What's the name of his promotion? Uh, Israel, uh, he, he under his uh, banner. Uh, well, it's like kind of co-promoted, like Ring Rentals of South Florida and the Action Fight League AFL. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, they've promoted a, a handful of fights I've done. Uh, some of them have been at the Hard Rock. Um, 
this is their, they were supposed to, uh, over the last couple of years with COVID and stuff, there's been a couple of false starts at the Hard Rock with some promotions. Uh, but this one, I mean, yeah, looks to be set to go in late January. I think it's a Friday night. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully that works out and I get to, to work on the guitar. I feel like, yeah, that's cool. I feel like, uh, I feel like COVID was a perfect out for certain promotions to just be like, all right, we can use this to stop running. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I, you know. Well, you definitely saw a lot of promotions go by on the wayside during COVID. Most of those have not popped back up again. Obviously, depends on, you know, various situations. Some of them were legitimate and, you know, obviously just that downtime kind of screwed them over. And there's other ones that probably should have just been buying tickets anyway. Right. Wrestling and MMA, I guess. A- absolutely. Absolutely. The one thing about MMA is at least, you know, when you're looking at, uh, I guess a lesser promotion. It still has a little bit of a bigger feel than your low-level indie promotion in wrestling. What's the, what's the pay difference? Or is it uh, a lot? <laughs> I mean, is um, are are you working in a big range just in MMA alone? Um, or is it kind of all relatively like for a baseline local MMA event? compared to like a baseline local wrestling event like let's give let's just use ccw as the best example i mean i'm making like three times as much in mma right like if not more right i mean i that's just i think that i think that i think ticket sales are are much higher or at least the like the ticket prices are higher well the the prices are higher you have more sponsorship situations you have a lot of people buy those ringside tables which are which are huge money makers yeah so yeah i mean in terms of wrestling the revenue is obviously not really there i mean how are you going to make money you sell tickets the merch is mostly going to the the talent anyway um you know it depends on the venue they might have a split with food and beverage and things like that but yeah i mean overall i mean it's not a situation where you're looking at um you know really uh a lot of opportunity for income with the wrestling. Right. Well, I know that when we sat down with the war Memorial originally to do a wrestling show, you know, that, I mean, when all said and done, the building itself's costing you like 10 grand and with 2000 or whatever seats that are at 2,500, I don't know, 2000 to 2,500, uh, that selling price for a local wrestling show, you're not making much money at all. If, if you sell out and uh, I know that when I right. went for a, an MMA show, show, I knew like I knew like tickets were like way more expensive, like, you know, you know, maybe maybe the best seats were like 100 to 150 bucks. Yeah, I mean, if you go to an MMA show, I'm expecting to probably spend between 40 and 50 bucks minimum. Right. I don't you know. know if they, I think the, the only thing I don't like about MMA shows, especially local ones. Maybe like in the bigger like buildings with UFC and stuff like that, it's different. But uh-huh. on the local shows, those those places like really taper off and clear out by the end because you just have huge chunks that are there for somebody. Specific fighters, right. right. And so I mean a lot a lot of times I'll do an MMA card. Let's say there's like twelve to fifteen fights on the card. Those first two or three fights a lot of times, I mean, it's you know, it's a lighthouse, brother. Yeah, but then even at the end, it's like people, you'll see whole sections get up after a fight. Because yeah, I mean, un- un- unfortunately, the uh, the crowd just doesn't stay for the main event. But also a lot of times, you know, especially 
especially on the amateur level, but also, you know, on the, uh, the pro level as well, you'll see a lot of situations where they'll put the high ticket sellers in the main event spots. Right. So like, for instance, I did a card last weekend. <laughs> kind of like, wasn't it? kind of like, kind of like wrestling <laughs> in a way, in, in a way. I did I did a uh, card last weekend up in West Palm Beach. wasn't a huge card. Uh, didn't have a lot of like big names on it or anything. T- attendance was you know it was average. And the main event, it, it was a title fight, but is it wasn't. All, a is fight. all this stuff televised or internet? Uh, yeah, it's stream. It, um, a lot of it's it's either streamed on like Fight TV or Flow Combat. Right. Um, but yeah, so they had a title fight. It was actually a Muay Thai title fight. And for Muay Thai to be in the main event, I felt that was a little, like, different, I guess. But also, when I got in there and I announced the guys and you saw the people still there and they were loud as shit, you knew it's because those are the guys that sold tickets. Right. That makes sense. So I guess that's the best way to prevent the main event from, you know, still having people there. Right, right. <laughs> or prevent them from not having people there. I mean, not that, like, not that, you know, though when you, when you watch, I mean, I guess... I guess crowd noise is one thing, but when you're when you're watching an MMA sh- show, you're you can't see past the fifth row, anyways. Really? Oh, from an at home perspective, right. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's probably not great when all those seats are uh, empty, but you would think that those seats cost the most money, so people would stick around. But who knows? Yeah, certainly. You know? Certainly. Um. So, so when you get when you get booked for for a show, what's the process like? Like I think that's something people are would would probably find interesting because it's like, are you? I mean, I guess at your level, you're getting the calls, right? You're not. Uh it's it's mixed. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I hate to say this because I mean, obviously, I don't look at myself as a replacement um level uh a replacement level talent, you know. But a lot of times, I mean, I'll get a call to to fill in for someone. Right. You know, there there will be a situation where a guy's not available or something's going on, and so then they call me, um, and then I go in, I fill in, and I I do the job. Um, you know, I, I do still reach out to places. You know, I still try to do my best to network. Um, just in general, um, but overall, yeah, I mean, people are reaching out to me. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of times, and you know, you certainly understand this where. You know they'll they'll try to do things uh, thinking that they can do it for less money, right? You know, so well, uh, well, a lot of these like obviously local things that you drive to, it's a different story. But when they're when they're flying you out, you know they're already. I mean, I get it. You know, they're laying out an extra plane ticket, and I guess they're putting you up somewhere for the night. Uh, yeah, that's typically how it works. Yeah, I mean, they're but they're not. Uh, but you get they give you your own room, right? They're not like you guys got to stay together. It's not like that level of fucking bu- bullshit. Is um, I, I I've had mixed. Um, Even there's for been the times MMA, where huh? I've been, I mean, there's been times where I've like done stuff at like casinos and I have like my own room and like taken care of. Da da da. Right. Then there's other times where it's like you know maybe they stick me with someone else, but I'm also only sleeping for like four hours or something. Like I'm not really even in the room. Right, because those things end kind of late, and then you're probably flying right out. Yeah. I mean, typically a lot of these events I do out of state, I'm gone for pretty much like 24 hours. I'm leaving at like six or so in the morning and I'm getting back at like 10 something at night or the next morning. So how did like, what, 
what what is up what do you uh do about like uh do do they uber you places or do you uh or it's it's do they have someone like, that picks you up or what yeah it's kind of like wrestling where like someone will be like a runner yeah like in the car you know i mean i've i've had uber before but it, it's rare yeah i didn't know if they had like drivers and stuff like that I mean, one of my favorite ones was for Ring Warriors out in Vegas uh-huh. when I get the text from Howard saying, like, you have to Uber, I'll reimburse you. <laughs> those, those are always fun. I mean, you know, I guess I guess if you the funny thing would be if you just hang out long enough to see who else shows up and see if he sent a driver for them. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I knew he did it because I was with Larry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, tech, you know, I if it's, if you're with his partner and he's saying you got an Uber, I guess that yeah, because yeah, because we both flew from Fort Lauderdale, so right. I knew that you know it wasn't bullshit. But I was also like, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's typically the process. You know, it's kind of a mix of me reaching out and you know them reaching out. I mean, listen, obviously, we don't have to get into like extreme detail here but you know the biggest company reached out to me i didn't really reach out to them right so i mean that's um you know so what's so you're traveling like i it it looks like most weeks you're traveling somewhere even if it's like sort of local you know some of the i mean florida's i guess technically is local but it's a big fucking state you could still be driving to like tampa or orlando or or you know, somewhere. Yeah, to, I mean, I haven't hall, had so. a tremendous amount of stuff in like the Tampa, Orlando area. I mean, I have done a couple of things there over the last few months. No, but, but I mean, you're, but you're, if you're not doing there, you're, you're flying places and whatever. What's it? Yeah, no, I'm pretty busy. I mean, I'm staying booked just about every weekend. And I mean, the crazy part is, um, you know, I'm sure I've said this before, but like, I would love one time to just look at everything that's been canceled. And then, like, if I could just make a schedule from the canceled stuff, I'd feel like I probably had a good schedule. You mean the bookings canceled or, like, the plane got canceled? No, like, like the booking. Like the booking. Uh, how, many, how many bookings have you gotten screwed on with a plane fiasco? Um, you mean, like, where it, like, did, like it got delayed or something? Or? Like, yeah, you had, like, the, the flight wasn't going to make it. Uh, you were going to have to wait for another plane later, and, and so – you weren't going to be there in time for the show. So, so knock on wood, the only time that I can recall really having any time. You're you there? You're glitching on me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. It was like mid September of 2018. And oh, so like I keep hearing about all these flight disasters and my roommate keeps having like, flight problems oh Huss, like i'd love to know what huss is dealing with because i mean it might i don't know if it's i mean he does fly a little more often than i do probably yeah um but i don't know i mean it's one of these things where when dave and i gangrel were heading to uh portland oregon right. and our plane had some sort of fuel issue and had an emergency land in uh, salt lake city and we ended up getting like super delayed to the point where we didn't end up getting to Portland until like 10 or like we, I think we didn't leave till the next morning. Like we ended up landing at like noon or so. 
And the tapings, I want to say, they start at like one o'clock. Right. So I literally went to the venue and just sat down and did TV. Like I missed, I want to say, like three or four matches. I mean, and then, time to time to get dressed, or you just sat down in your flying clothes? Oh no, no, I, I got dressed, but I mean, there was, I mean, there's no production meetings. I mean, I was literally right, like right. being fed stuff in my ear, like you know, it, it was not ideal whatsoever. But thankfully, you know, I've not been in a situation where I've like fully missed an event. But you've had some nightmares, I'm sure, getting there. Yeah, I mean, in my, um, I guess, earlier flying days, um, give, I definitely... Give me, give me a good one. Like, I definitely didn't have my shit together as much as I uh -huh. do now. Okay. And my, um, you know, in the same vein as your roommate with the time management. Yeah. And bro, you should see every fucking time I'm like, you're flying. He's flying out in the fucking morning, like before I'm getting up. So like, you know, right. I'm not driving him or anything like that. And uh, and it's like four in the morning and he's like doing laundry and packing. That's amazing. And I'm like, you got to be up in three hours to fucking go to the airport. What are you doing every at time? This point, at this point, I feel like it's a gimmick, bro. And and one or two times when I've driven him to the airport. We've like, he's like, we're like, you know, we're, I mean, I'm not far from the airport. It's a straight shot down the highway, but right. But, uh, I'm close enough where if, if I'm picking someone up, I say, just, just let me know when you've landed. And then I casually just get dressed and, and right, and, and you can do the Costanza perfect pickup. Yeah. Right. I just swing in and they're out there waiting. Um, but, uh, he twice I've had to like, because he's just so he's so frantically doing it last minute and then getting like two hours sleep and whatever. So I've had to U-turn to get so he could go back and get his like passport or his ID or whatever. It's like it's like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? You know, you're 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 40 year old grown man. Like, come on, come on. So. Right. So you you were telling me how you I'm, I'm shocked you're being accountable on this. Like you're not blaming someone else. So, so, Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's a hundred percent on me. Like yeah. I would, like I would, you know, I would like make food before I left, but wouldn't give myself enough time. You know, like I would be rushing, you know, whatever, whatever. You're like OJ, um, OJ running through the airport. Right. Um, so there was one time where I don't remember why I like had cut it this close. But I had got to the airport. I mean, we're probably at this point, we were maybe like 75 minutes away from the flight. And I had just arrived to. Um, and, and now when I say I had 75 minutes, I drove. So I'm parking. I wasn't right. being dropped off. You know, I wasn't just able to walk in like I had to park and get in. So. What's, I go. What's that financial hit these days? Leaving um, your car at the airport. I think it's I think it's fifteen a day. Oh, that's not that's not the end of the world. It, it's it's really not that bad. And the way Uber is these days, it's almost worth it to just drive. Yeah. Um. So what happened was, I go there, and the garage it indicates there's like numerous free spaces. Like there's a bunch of green ones. Like it says there's X amount of free spaces on every floor, whatever. So I'm driving up and down the floors and the rows and whatever. And there's nothing free. Like, there's no empty spots. Like, I literally go all the way up to the top, and it's it's covered. 
and I have no idea why it's so packed. Then I start freaking out because obviously when we're talking pro wrestling and we're talking work, whatever, and we're talking flights, if I miss a flight and it's not because of like the airplane, I'm probably fired. Right. Like I'm not coming back. I mean, it would take probably a lot for me to get over that kind of thing. So I'm like freaking out that I'm going to lose my spot. And then I finally, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to make this flight with this traffic or like, you know, with the parking. So I said, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm going to valet. And I valeted my car, ran in there and ended up getting into the, like, I walked up to the gate as they were boarding. It's like a, it's like royalty valeting and just, just swagger in. Like, now the valet, the valet will set you back about 50 bills. Yeah. But you had to do what you had to do, man. So that was like about a three day trip, basically pay wise. But, but the good part is, you know, I was going to Portland, a little bit of a higher payday, not like the end of the world, but you know, I got pretty good pay. So yeah, I mean, I luckily, thankfully had the money. Port Portland sounded like one of those deals that uh, was a good good gig for everyone until it disappeared. Yeah, it was a great gig. Good good pay, uh, you know, solid talents, good exposure, good footage, you know. Good donuts. Got to hang with our, our got to hang with our buddy Drexel all the time. Yeah. Oh, so then it got even better. Yeah, I mean, literally. Because Drexel, you know, wrestling, like he lives down the street but can't work there because there's heat. Right. <laughs> so, like, Drexel would come, like, after the show, pick me up. We would go hang out, get some food, whatever. And then we would, then he would take me to the airport. Oh, that's awesome. He, uh, yeah. He, I, did you see what he's doing? Like, he, I don't know what weekend it is, but did you see the death match he's booked in? Is he wrestling the Jackass guy? Yeah, Danger Aaron from Jackass. Okay, I saw that the Jackass guy was wrestling a death match. I did not see that it was his opponent. That's Drexel, man. I guess he's like I guess he's the go-to guy now. He got he got that exposure working that uh non in, um, nine bon in, uh, non-binary kid, whatever their name was uh Oh, Kid Bandit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they did like the like the it was like a hardcore match, but that but he was doing some kind of like cosplay gimmick that, you know. Well, and, and he got that exposure a few years ago working. I, can't, I don't know. It was a South American country. What? When they all went to Peru? No. Remember, he was like, uh, I don't remember what country it was, but he was like working. Was that called Luchando or something? Yeah, that was in Peru, I think. Oh, I thought it was like El Salvador or something like that. I was like him and like that guy Scotty Mack from Canada. Yes. The one that yes. married Christina Von Erie and uh Yes. Uh I don't remember who else, but yeah, that but that was a that was that was years. That was probably that was probably like years. that was probably like 2016ish. That was like a that was really that was way closer to when he left Florida than yes. than now. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's I can't and he's like God, I don't know how old he is. Mid forties, maybe. I was gonna say he's got to be uh, creeping up to that big number. Yeah, and he's just like nonstop and and kind of getting. I mean, you know, more well known. I guess at least the crazy this, part. This the crazy part is, it seemed like he was close to done. Well, 
when he was here, for sure, no one was booking him. Well, not even that. Just like even talking to him, like it seemed like you know he wasn't really gonna be pushing too hard. Yeah, he just needed to change the scenery when he went back to Portland. It all changed, right? Plus, that was like his promotion, wasn't it? That uh, DOA. Didn't he start? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, DOA, uh huh? Important. Didn't he start that? I don't know if he like came back and was actually part of. The... Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, they still run. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if he's just like a, a wrestler there, or if he's part of the. Yeah. I was always under the impression he ran it. Right, but but he was down here for a while, so I don't know if he had like divested his whatever or. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few you know local guys that run right. it. Like I think what's his name was involved. Um, Luther. Maybe I never heard, I never heard his name involved in it, uh, other than maybe because, being booked in a match there or something. Because I'm pretty sure I don't know. Did he ever show you that vignette that they made several years ago that they had like sent to Impact and like Impact was going to use them and then it fell through or something? No. I... Yeah, it was like I think Drexel and Luther, and they were going to be doing something potentially at Impact and it never worked out. Yeah, no, I, I didn't see that. You, he must have showed you one of your visits. Yeah, he, you know, he did. He definitely did. But I didn't, you know, I don't know. I know you all communicate and stuff. And it's definitely not something not, I, I think. Not enough. Not enough. Like, I don't think he ever put it out there publicly. Yeah, but it was like very well shot. And it looked like something that, you know, could have been something. But who knows? Well, you know, that's wrestling. Everything, everything's about to happen. And the, most of it doesn't. So, Right, right, right. So then I guess, uh, let me ask you this. So you get booked these gigs and, and they, they, they fly you out. They put you up. They, uh, they drive you in. That's yeah. That, I mean, it's, that's nice. And then you get paid to like, uh, do your work. Uh, you know, well, and that's also, you know, not to delve too much into it, but the, uh, gig we were speaking about at the top of the show, I mean, you know, I was treated to the nines with that one. Right. Like flight, well, rental car, that's, like luxury hotel suite. That's know. like one of those big events every year. It's like a yearly yeah. year. So it's a. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's its, it's own uh, uh, creature. But I was going to say, you're. Unlike, unlike uh, someone who has a match, I mean, I guess it, I get that it's more physical, but you're, you're the one that's actually working uh, all night, you know, especially right. if you're doing commentary. Oh yeah, no, no. There's, there's no breaks, and they, they keep you after too, don't they? Um, I guess it depends on what, uh, what I'm like, what the situation is. Right. I know. I know. Uh, I know. One show they kept you after, and uh, <laughs> and it, and uh, it created the uh, famous uh, ex- expression "Blake down," which is when I mean Blake my has thing. Breakdown. I, I don't mind doing whatever but like let's use our time wisely right well let's put it this way this the the, this i'm talking about is an old uh, old icw show they it was it was back to it was back to basics for old george who was the promoter uh where which meant that it was they no longer had a building they were outside uh in a parking lot of a i guess like a it's like a school was that a school or was that his like apartment? His apartment complex or something. It was like, a, it was oh, like, it was like a, yeah, it was like a church, right? Because yeah, it was something like that. 
And uh, yeah, there. I mean, there's like there's like classrooms and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember like walking down the hallway and there frame pictures of people and stuff like that. Uh, so I uh, so and of course it's like what what was it like July height of no it was actually April April it was it was that early in the year it was still it had to have been like I don't know high eighties low nineties and it then was, it was hot as shit and then with the blacktop reflecting all the heat and no, really no shade anywhere it was it was bru- it was so bad that like. I think the canvas was hot to the touch in the oh, ring, yeah. you know, the ropes, all that stuff. So guys didn't want to be, you know, on the ropes or touching or, or on the, on the, on the mat for very long because they were going to start scalding themselves. Uh, and so you're, uh, you're at, at least under a tent. You're doing commentary with, uh, what was his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Tingle, old Dick. Tingle, Dick, Dick Tingle, Richard Tingle. And, uh, and they want you to start doing, uh, like after the whole whole show's done, they want you to like redo some audio or something. No, no, no. Or or what they or wanted cut to twos or something like that. Yeah, they wanted to do all like the pre-tape stuff after the show when we had hours to do it before, and we had enough time to shoot it live. Right. Like I, in between the matches, I could have done all that stuff. Right. And. And so it's a thousand degrees. You're wearing a suit. Right. Uh, and they're trying to get you to do these things. And you're like, you're mentally, I'm sure I would have been checked the fuck out. Like, all right, let's this, let's do this. Let's do it quick. Let's in and out. And I'm very, I'm very much over it. And then Dick Tingle is the worst. <laughs> He's what was he screwing shit up? What was the deal? What do you mean by the worst? Or just, he's just, no, he, He's like, just, like we would, like like I did like we were, we were going to do a take. I'm like, welcome this week to ICW TV. We're gonna have da 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 and da da da. And then like I toss it to Richard and he doesn't say anything. <laughs> and he's just kind of standing there and then, like that that whole um I remember the part that of now. the, the where, where I like throw my hands up and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it, it's because Tingle doesn't say anything. I uh. I, I think that would make uh, that's those are the cuts that should make have made it into whatever in YouTube garbage uh, that ended up in. But uh, I just remember standing there because we were all like just standing right out of like we were trying to stay in the shade, but we were all like watching this because we we were waiting on you because we were going to, I guess, hang out afterwards or something. And uh, and we were just we're all snickering with each other and and enjoy it because we can watch you like starting to like bubble like like percolate the rage and the frustration and the anger and like all all of that and we're like oh my god is he gonna like flip the fuck out or not and we we were again doing like side bets prop bets all that stuff and then those kids those like school volunteers whatever the who i never really figured out what con George was running for all these always have all these like kids doing like free work at his shows. I guess it was like, I mean, unless it's literally one of these things where these kids love wrestling that much. And the idea of George saying like, Hey, you know, come to a free show and help. Like that's enough of a carrot. Right. I don't think that's, I think he was like offering extra credit at school or something like that. Cause I don't know where the, I, I feel like this was like, 
like like we had them we rented them from him for like to do like audio video for like one of the first shows we tried to tape and it was a fucking it was a disastrous clusterfuck because they're all students and they're like learning as they go and it was like it was like none of it it's kind of funny to me that george portuando is that carny that he's like working kids yeah like i i mean i get it's kind of like work experience you know if they're like in audio video and they're like they're like sure you know doing that stuff but so some of them started like stacking those chairs up and making such a racket and you just like lost your shit like yeah i mean listen i am all for obviously you know doing the work and whatever whatever but like if we're clearly filming something like you can wait 10 seconds until we're done so you don't ruin it right instead you just hear clattering of chair after chair getting they're kind of like throwing them on top of each other and they're right. like i don't know if they were the the metal folding ones or if they were like those like or if they were the wood i think they were the wood folding no they were wood they were, they were wood they, they were, were the wood. wood folding ones like the like the balsa wood like like the chris benoit kevin sullivan chairs i can't believe how many like curse words you sent flying to those kids and and they were like obviously like kids I'm like, oh, he's cursing at like underage kids. This is good, and I I think that was the last time you and George worked together. <laughs> now, now, f- funny thought here. I mean, yeah. that was 2015. That was also with Jess. Jesse left you, didn't he? Jesse left me after after I got him booked. You got him booked. You drove him down, also, right? Because we worked vintage the night before up in Orlando, uh-huh. and. I, at that time, Jesse and I had become like pretty good friends. So I, I reached out to George and I was like, George, with Jesse Sorensen, he's available tomorrow, would love to work your show. Can you do it for a hundred bucks? And he was like, obviously, George marking out TNA impact star Jesse Sorensen. So he goes ahead and, and books Jesse. So then I picked Jesse up at his house in Boynton the night, the day, or no, he met me at my job so we can like, so he can get in my car because he's coming from Boynton. And then I drove him down. And the next thing I know, Jesse left me. Not even a, not even a message. Not even a message. Well, we saw how that turned out. Yeah. Unbelievable. He, uh, I don't think he's friends with anyone these days. He's friends with no one. It's crazy. I wonder how that marriage turned out. Well, um, I actually think I had passed her Instagram page or something recently. Look at you. But but it was something where like I can all I'm I'm not friends with her, so I think I can only see the profile picture. Oh right. And I feel like he was in it, so I was like, all right, well they're at least married. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, I yeah he probably surrendered all of his rights. You know what I mean. I oh, I, I would assume <laughs> it felt like that kind of marriage. So, uh, not, not, not to make this the, the shoot on Jesse show, but you know, right. I was now, I, I liked her. She was fun to hang out with him. I, he never, he was never my cup of tea, to be honest with you. See, that, that's the thing is like, I, I feel like we, we got to become pretty good friends, but then I quickly realized he's the kind of guy like once you really can't do anything for him at the time, he's kind of over you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those in wrestling. 
Yeah, because I'll tell you what, he certainly popped back in when he wanted to make a return, hitting me up. Hey, hey man. Hey, brother. You think there's any room on Dave's show this weekend? I just want to do a run-in. Like, yeah, no, nah, man, we're all booked up. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, you can't do a run-in, sorry. Dave's still running shows? Dave is a uh, you know, full-time trainer at CCW. So, no. I mean, I'm sure you know about all the fallout with Craig Valentine. I mean, I know that he and, and Craig had a fallout. I know that, like, I don't know details. Like, uh... Yeah, this all went down about a year ago. Or no, about a year and a half ago at this point almost. Yeah. It was probably like May, June. It was like late May, early June. I don't, I don't want you to give away anyone's like super secret secrets, but it it looked to me like Craig was had like this idea to put a school together, and he put the money up, and he did this, and 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 then I think I feel like Craig rightfully was involved, but he was too involved. Oh yeah, and uh, oh yeah, and he's the kind of partner that should be like probably. Uh, not seen or heard most of the time. He's not a public. He's a terrible public face, I think. Right. And uh, and you know, I don't know him very well, but from what I hear, like you know, you know, you probably don't want to hear him talking around like students' parents and things like that. I mean, forgetting his past because I mean that's not the worst thing in the world, but you know, I mean, his I, nickname's creepy. Right, I was just thinking more of the fact that he he'd done some porn. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, that's a that's a technicality nowadays. Most people have uh, have have something on their own phone of them doing something naked, you know, which could be classified. And, and most porn. likely, it's and most likely it's for purchase. Oh, you're talking OnlyFans. I'm saying, I'm no, saying, no, no. I I know what you meant, but yeah, most yeah, people yeah. at this point, I mean, oh, every he, Joe Schmo's sure. got something. Up but there. you know, at least he at least he was he had earned a living with it. You know what I mean, right? So, right. but but I I I felt like uh, I felt like that partnership was like uh, very uh, weighted or tilted because I think like uh, you know he that he was the money guy and that right. and that you know sometimes those guys start to push too much mm-hmm. or you know whatever I know he was like. I don't know that it was Gangrel that was out there licensing his image out for hot sauces and stuff. No, that's, a, I mean, you know, he, he it's one of these things where Dave's probably like, well, shit, I mean, if I can make some money, yeah, go ahead and do it. Right. But he's not, but he's not, It. this is all, I think, Craig stuff, you know, basically. I, I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I just know that they, they had a split and it was not. I, I just know that Dave and I had a little bit of a falling out in late April of last year mm-hmm. based on the fact that CCW wanted to start booking me. I hit up Dave and said, you know, how do you feel about this? And he was kind of like, well, I mean, if you work there, you can't work here. Right. And I was kind of like, well, that's not really what I called you about, but okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, he basically gave me the ultimatum and I, at that point, I think this was like late April and I had one like late May, uh, GWA date at that point. And CCW, I mean, for the last year and a half has been running like upwards of six dates a month. Right. So I was like, I'm going to take this date. 
you know, I'm going to take CCW, especially because at the time, you know, with COVID and whatnot. And listen, I, I have every reason to believe it was Craig and not Dave. And Dave was just kind of the messenger. But I mean, they're trying to cut pay. I mean, they're basically just trying to run shows to run shows. And I was not really into that. So went and did CCW. You know, I was the heel yeah, for you're a not, month. You're not there to get reps. You're not there to like, you're not, and you're not like a wrestling student. You're not like, you're like, you're, you're, you're at the point where you need you need to be paid kind of fairly to to do your to do what you do. Otherwise, there are other gigs out there. You know, right. I mean, exactly. the favors go so far and friendship goes so far. But uh, well, that's the that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to like reveal paydays and that kind of stuff. No, but I mean, but at that time, that's I, what I, I mean. Assumed. At the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was working for Dave, especially on the student shows, for a price that I wouldn't work for anyone else for. Right. You know, and and pretty it sounds like super yeah. super con prices. In, in a way, I mean, it kind of was. <laughs> although, um, although at least I was, I had a little more justifications that literally that was every dollar I had, and you were you were so new that it, <laughs> I felt like, well, I felt like that that was your a, your schedule wasn't completely booked, and b you know at least we well, could, no, I mean at I, least we I could had, feed you pizza and uh, and well, give you the opportunity to get laid every night. Right, exactly, and you know at that point. I, I, the only thing I had done of any kind of substance was the initial ring warriors. Right. No, no, actually at that time I hadn't even done that yet. At that point, ring warriors didn't even start. You had just done Anthony's stuff, I think. Yeah. Like, like Howard didn't even start the TV yet. So yeah, I mean, I was just an announcer. Right. So but yeah, the, I mean, that's one of those situations where. You know, I remember there was a show in late May last year. Everyone did the show. Then the next day they come to class. It was like Monday. It might have even been Memorial Day. And they all come to class and the, the school is locked. Like Craig changed the locks. Right. So him and him and Dave had a falling out. I don't know. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I don't, yeah, do you know what it, I mean? You don't have to tell me, but did did he tell you what I mean, it was about? Or I mean, there's financials involved. At least his uh, side of it, you know. You know, I mean, I'm and sure. our, our 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 buddy Mister Cantu was involved as well. Ah. So. Yeah, but the irony, I think, the irony to make this go full circle is that, as that Dave gave you an ultimatum, CCW or my show. Mm -hmm. Six, six, they had six bookings available in the next, like, whatever, six weeks or whatever. And, right. and Dave had one on the calendar. So you went with them. And there's a and, little, little bit of. And CCW paying me, like, right. almost three times as much. Right. They're paying you to make it worth your while and uh, make you feel like you're actually have a career. And, uh, and, and then here we are. Uh, Dave's working for them as the trainer. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, pretty full circle there. Does that, and does that mean you listen, got you guys are patched up, right? Everything's cool now. Oh, I mean him and I are as good as we've ever been. You okay. know, we're we're very close, very good. I mean, listen, he baby faced it to me. He apologized, and you know, I think also it's one of these things where you know to dig a, a, a layer deeper. When you're a guy like Dave Gangrel, been on the road for thirty plus years, been a major star all over the world. 
and then the world shuts down and you don't really know how you're going to work, I'd imagine you probably freak out a little bit. Right. So, I mean, he was probably thinking and acting and, you know, well, being in ways that he's not. Ideally, if you're that if you're that grizzled of a vet and you're still working every week all over the world, it's probably not because you've saved and invested wisely. Well, and that, right. And, you know, take nothing away from from the vampire. But, yeah, I mean, obviously he's not no. working. He, he loves the business, but he's working because he still needs to make a living. Right, right. Bills don't stop. And there's, you know, you know, COVID aside, you know, just taking a few weeks off isn't going to is 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 going to help anyone like that. Right. You know, but he I I mean, I, I don't think he'd argue I, the, the history's out there. You know, the craziness with Luna and uh, is there dude, those black hearts in the early days, you think they saved a dime or or knew how to invest in the stock market or or. Or whatever, you know, come on. It's so right. Yeah, there's not much <laughs> business acumen at that period. No, and, and 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 you're young and you're you you feel like any at it you know, even when times are good, they're never gonna go away. And when you're in the WWE, uh right. you know, it's like you don't think that's gonna end, et cetera, et cetera. Then and then there you are, like you know, it's like you know, you didn't plan for the future and so you got No one hundred percent because you know it's the kind of thing that can end it literally any time. Right. So I, we kind of got off track. We, it always ends up going into the personal, but that's, right. that's fine. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, I just needed to fill an hour with my friend Blake here. Oh, no, it wasn't too <laughs> difficult. No, it's easy. But I, so, so get, We'll go back to your uh, your announcing and, and commentary for a second, then we'll get the fuck out of here. Who, who's uh, who's the person you've had the most fun working with? Uh, so in terms of color commentary, I mean, obviously Simon Says will always have like a special place because when I feel like I really broke out of like a local level and more onto like a statewide level and a national level, it was with my work with Minute Ring Warriors. So that always will hold a special place in my mind. But my work out in Portland and in Vegas with um, West Coast Wrestling Connection and Paragon Pro Wrestling with Christian Cole, I think that's probably the best work I've done. Christian's tremendous talent. He's the ring announcer for Pro Wrestling Gorilla, PWG, out in California. Um, he's worked for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. He used to do the bar wrestling stuff for Joey Ryan. He's an incredible talent. Um, unfortunately, he, he does manage to, and, you know, we're in a period of time where managers don't really exist. So, except, being able except to, in AEW, where they except in AEW, where like there's a new one, and there's like a new one every week. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, Christian's somebody, he's done some ring announcing for Impact as well. Like, he's someone that really should be on a higher level. Um, but, you know, the way the cards have been dealt, unfortunately, he hasn't really gotten that opportunity. But I'd say Christian and I's work in like 2017, 18, that period in uh, Portland, that that was probably in my mind, the closest you can find to, to what would sound like something that you're going to see on like WWE or AEW. All right. Well, you went the you went for the professional route. I was hoping you would say your, uh, your time with Stevie Ray was the best time you ever had calling a match. That was actually a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Like I had a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun with Stevie Ray. I know. I, let me tell you something. Jackie and I used to hang out with Stevie Ray at the bars 
at uh, after WCW shows all the time. That dude was fucking phenomenal. He recognized us when we were bumped into him again. I think in New York when nice. he went in the Hall of Fame with with Booker, and it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, it was like, oh, good to see you. That guy was always a good time, and I I always like. I enjoy I enjoy his commentary better than his brother. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, which is pretty interesting also because the news came out today. Booker T is a new color commentator for NXT, at least for the next few months. Yeah, that's, so, that's weird. It will be interesting to see how him and Vic mix, but I I, um, I, I really love Stevie Ray's work at a very shitty time for WCW, that end of the Nitro era. Listen, when- nothing, nothing... I'll never forget the term fruit booty for as long as I live. No, of course not. And the thing is, I don't know if he had just not done it for so long and just kind of like maybe lost a little muscle memory or what it was. I didn't really get any fruit booties or, you know, on like neck bone or any of those other <laughs> CD right. Ray kind of phrases. But I mean, he, he was pretty dialed in and I, I think we were able to play off each other pretty well. Ironically, in the main event that night, Tessa Blanchard was supposed to wrestle and ended up having some sort of injury, I believe, and ended up being on commentary with us. And she was the worst. I didn't know she worked with black people. (laughs) Well, the irony of this whole thing, Ben, (laughs) is that was literally the same day that she made those comments to Rosa. Really? Wow. It was the same day. It was the same day. And It's it's funny how when it's someone you know, like we both know Rosa, we both really like Rosa. Like, yeah, like I mean, that, I, I almost knew her really well. <laughs> <laughs> I probably still could, but uh, the uh, that like for me, like like I don't give Tessa a pass, you know, because it's someone I knew, and also right. like I know Rosa would never in a million years make that up. I could no, I would, no, 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 no. I would vouch f- her side of the story till the cows came home. I don't, but of course. Known social justice warrior Miss Swole obviously was a big part of that as well. Right, but but the facts are the facts, and and if they sure. if Rosa confirmed them, then that's I, that's all I need. You know, I don't. Right. No, no, I'm I done there. I, you know, Tessa's a racist fucker. You know, that's that's where I go after that. And uh, you're not going to talk me out of it. So yeah, I mean, she's obviously had a, a difficult time since. Yeah, well, I mean, she's a, apparently a difficult person, so. Right, <laughs> difficult and un- disagreeable, uh, kind of like some other people that have floating around these days. Not you, not you. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like there's one. There's like a little bit of a full circle here since we did weekend Jackie, uh, and it's like kind of wrestling related and people you've worked with and et cetera, et cetera. How crazy was it about the Dan Masters thing? Oh man, that was devastating. Um. I was getting ready to go to work last week and I was just over my sink, like washing something out before I left the house and I had my phone propped up and it was open to Facebook and it like refreshed. And the first thing I see is a post from Chrissy Vane, longtime women's wrestler with women of wrestling. Wow. Husband, uh, Connor of the Ascension. Um, She has a post that says rest in peace, Dan masters. And I immediately was like, just, just like stomach punched. Like, what the hell is this even about? Yeah, what when I saw, about? when I saw, I don't remember whose post I saw, but I was like, someone must be misinformed. Like, I didn't hear of him being sick. Or well, well that's that's the thing. Like, so I, I 
excuse me, I, I knee jerk commented on her post like, what? Like, you got to be kidding me. So then I said, fuck it. I know Chrissy enough to like message her. Right. So I messaged her and I was like, what happened? And she was like, you know, don't say anything really because it's not public yet, obviously. You know, telephone, telegram, tell a wrestler. Right. Um, so uh, believe me, the Howard Brody stuff had you in a fucking twist. Yeah, right. But like, this is something where like everyone I reached out to was like, yeah, I'm here in ABC. And I'm like, well, that's what I heard too. <laughs> so obviously it had gotten out there pretty quick, but she told me what happened. And I was just absolutely devastated because one, Dan's a great he got, guy. He got hit by a car as a pedestrian, right? Yes, that, that, that is the down word in, I've got. Down in South America. In, in El Salvador. Yeah. And the sad part is... And, it was, and he it, was in a Jackie condition. Right. And, right. you know, listen, Dan's a great guy. Always loved Dan. But, you know, he did have a tendency to be the life of the party. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it does not surprise me that he was enjoying himself. Right. And the one thing I, I will say, I used to say, like though, his, like, skinny fat guy food posts. Oh, yeah, those are great. Um, but Dan... Um, was supposed to return, I believe, earlier that day to America. He right. had a flight to Miami that I believe got canceled because of Hurricane Ian. Oh, so he was stuck down there with nothing to do. But So I would imagine he then kept you know the party yeah. moving. And um, I don't really know the gentleman he was with through another mutual friend uh, that I was speaking with about the situation. They, I guess, were speaking with the guy who actually was with Dan that day. Right. And, you know, I mean, I feel terrible for this guy because he literally saw with his own eyes. Right. So, I mean, he, he saw the whole thing happen, you know, in real time. And, you know, Dan and I, this happened, you know, sometime, I think, around um, like September, I don't know, 25th or something, something like that, 6th. About a week before that, we were text messaging. Yeah. You know, he and, you know, listen, we, we mentioned Jackie. We're talking about Dan, weekend Jackie, whatever. It was a late night text from Dan that says, like, he's like, guess whose birthday it is? Play a holla, holla, holla or something <laughs> like it was something like that. But that's like a typical thing because Dan and I had several conversations about Teddy because he had worked with Teddy. I was going to be working with Teddy in this promotion actually in Atlanta. So it was something where Dan and I actually almost worked together again recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had, uh, had a great time with Dan out in Vegas for ring warriors. It's actually pretty funny. Um, ironic. I don't know how you want to put it, but I was looking the other day in my closet and I came across the ring warriors, um, I guess, uniform that we wore for TV. Like the shirt with the logo knitted on it or something like that? Yeah, exactly. And I had totally forgotten that knitted, Dan... Embroidered. Jesus that, Christ, that, what's that, wrong that, that Dan took my shirt and wrote in the inside, D-Masters. <laughs> and I remember being like, what are you, what are you doing? That's and I was like, this is mine. That's funny. No, but, no, he like thought it was his. And I was like, no, that's oh. mine. <laughs> so... My shirt says like D Masters on the inside, so now I forever have the Ring Warrior shirt that has Dan's name in it. Now, now it has meaning. Now it's right. A, now it's important. Yeah, exactly. That's so like that's this, uh, this can of Bud Light here that uh would have would have never me meant anything except that it's the last can Jackie ever left at my place. You, uh, you, you should uh, you should take it with you to where the new house. Of course, it's you don't understand. Not only as I'm taking it with me, 
I'm. It's my place. I am not going to build a display, and it's going to have a lit display on the wall. Are you kidding me? Well, no. I figured there would probably be a back and forth with you and Huss. No, 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 no. There's no. There's no like shared custody of this thing. Jackie was my friend. Okay. Oh no. Oh and, yeah, yes. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And you understand the P, the wars to be friends with that guy for twenty years. The PTSD, the battle scars, the fucking <laughs> war stories. I, mean, I, and, and I, 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 I had all, that thing. I was going to say, I had all that in like four years. Right. <laughs> so I'm saying to multiply that by five and you understand what you understand my uh, situation. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. That, that's absolutely true there. No, I, I um, that, that that definitely uh, that definitely rings true. So I want to I want to share one shared observation and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Um uh, you brought up Howard and we brought up Jackie and whatever. Uh, and and I, I kind of like made fun of you a little bit for being like the, the gatekeeper when, when Howard passed oh, away yeah, no, I know, of I know. like people posting too soon or then tracking who do you have this thing that I have now where when someone, you know, passes away, like someone <laughs> that's okay. Not only are you like tracking everything, like who's, Who's commenting? Who's making posts? What are they? I feel po- like I feel like I'm Danielle Valente. What are they posting? Is it enough? Is it inappropriate? Uh, is it not enough? Like you should be showing him more respect than this, et cetera, et cetera. Like, like I am. I scour for like the next three days, maybe week, to see who's who's posting. What are they posting? And like evaluating, I'm like evaluating, like this is the insanity of social media. Like, was That's it, amazing. were the, were these pictures good enough? Was it, was it like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Well, I will say there were several of who, us who I'm tracking even on my post who liked, who hearted, who fucking commented. What did they comment? Why but didn't were... this person say anything? Where is this person? Why haven't they even acknowledged it? Who's going to, re- who's going to tell Goldberg, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that type of shit. But in relation to Howard, yeah. there was you know a close friend of his. I don't care. He's never going to listen to the podcast anyway. But Fred Richards, Fred Rubenstein, yeah. the referee, longtime referee. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he he made like a kind of a, a an inappropriate post, like okay. kind of almost alluding to like Howard's like weight and like things that were oh, unnecessary in, in a tribute post kind of thing. And I remember Larry and I talking about it and him being like, "He's an ass," blah blah blah. You know, so it's like that was like the one that really stood out that, you know, was a little off. Right. I feel like I feel like that happened in a different situation with Jackie. I think I feel like Luke made an angry post. Like he was mad at Jackie for like stuff that like. No, I think I think maybe during the time Jackie and I were feuding that happened. No, I was when I think it was a. I think it was a, a post about when he passed, you know, because he uh, basically was like, you know, we all know that Jackie drank himself to death. OK. And I think he I think he was like, I think that they those guys over there were planning to do something about it. And they were just like too late. And I think that was all in their heads. And I think it was in Luke's. I mean, we could always ask Luke at some point, but I seem to remember vaguely because of five fucking years ago and i i can't remember where my socks are from yesterday uh that uh that he he it was like a that it was like kind of like it just was tinged with frustration and anger 
you know, when he when he right. when he posted about it, that he was like kind of like mad at Jackie for fucking doing this to himself, you know, and I felt like it was a little early to be saying that it was like everyone like it had just happened and everyone was like a little raw and like whatever. But his stood out to me because he was like, you know, he wasn't pulling any punches and he wasn't waiting. He was he was angry, you know, because his, right. his friend had fucking basically kind of killed himself. Uh, right. You know, and, you know, he's been through that before, like with Canyon and stuff. So I think in a right. different, no, no, a different I, set of that, circumstances, that's... but, you know. No, that you can uh, definitely uh, definitely see that. Yeah. But yeah, so I just I feel like I I don't know how it is with you. I I feel like you're me times five when it comes to this. Yes, it's it's pretty shitty. Like you just no, but I mean like you're the you're like you're even if you're not correcting people or or slapping wrists, you're on top of it. You're watching it all. You're monitoring every every pose, comment, like you know all that stuff. And by, like, by the way, by the way, evaluating. I might get. I might get into it with Jim Barcelone right now. Oh, why? Because Jim Barcelone just made a post about Jimmy Smith leaving Raw. Okay. And he goes, and he like writes a couple sentences that he goes, it's not easy calling WWE, especially if not a fan and not following the action regularly. Has hired a couple as predecessors struggled did help make Michael Cole look better at his job as a lead commentator. I just hope they hire someone like Ian Riccoboni or Joe Galley or Kevin Kelly or Josh <laughs> Matthews. Someone who knows and follows pro wrestling. Moro was great. He Josh, was he Josh Matthewed you. I was hopeful Cole would somehow retain him help during his time with the company. So I just commented, hi, Jim, LOL. <laughs> I can't believe he leapfrogged some of those people over you. <laughs> like, I mean, the fact that. What I mean, a shit that ass. Like, I mean, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that angers me. Oh, of course. And he's just like, listen, we know he's just oblivious. You know what I mean? Like, he's absolutely right. oblivious. It's like. It's like in the old days when he actually wrote a column on things. You're just like, my God, like, I love Jim, but this right. is right. I'm, I'm sending this to the thread. This is too good. Indecipherable, to you know? Uh, right. I love Jim, but Jesus, he, he really does, does fucking step on his dick a lot. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's tremendous. That's, that's, yeah, send that thread. We're going to go have a party over there. <laughs> all right bud thanks for doing this thank you for having me on the spite cast here. oh I my god it. i uh i i was thinking of doing a solo on and talking about all the spiteful things i've done recently but uh oh have you done some spiteful things i mean you know shit like uh when i know someone's following me for parking space i'll take my time once i get in the car kind of shit just like oh well that, i mean that's like that's minor that's stuff. or that's like or like like uh I don't know if it's spiteful, but it feels a little like unnecessary to like unfriend people on their birthdays because that's when you realize they're, you're still friends with them because it pops up that their birthday's today. And right. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what better day to unfriend them than on their birthday? Happy birthday. Here's your gift. You know, that kind of shit. Nothing, nothing big. I haven't done anything bits big in a spiteful way in a, in a while. I need to get back, uh, get back into it. Absolutely. You? Oh. And, and oh, no, well, Ben, I was gonna say before we go, yeah, not that it's got like ninety six vibes or anything, or ninety eight vibes or anything to it, but we got a pretty decent game coming up on Sunday. 
Uh, are we talking the Jets Dolphins? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's weird. I it, it feels weird that we're still favored, but I guess it's it's here. Like the yeah, it's here. No, no, it's uh, it's in New York, I believe. Oh, with te- like I keep forgetting Teddy Bridgewater was a starter in this league. Right, but I mean, listen, Dolphins at, at three and one, off to a great start. Jets look a lot better. They don't look great, but they certainly look a lot better than they have in probably at least five years or more. I would. I mean, yeah, and you're you got your quarterback back. I would, yeah, and, and a two and two. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it's not, at least going to be a game. Listen, you're not at the bottom of the division. No, and you know, it, again, it's only week five, but right, hey, right. three it's, and one, two and two. Well, here's here's my uh, see if any of this sounds right. I feel like you guys are on seven days. We've had the extra rest. We are on ten days, and right. I'm just curious. In ten days. Mike McDaniel's knowing that Teddy Bear's going to be taking the start, right? What he's cooking up because it's not going to be obviously he's not going to be calling the Tua plays for him now that he's no, and, and you could certainly see the offense looked a little bit slower when Teddy got inserted on last Thursday night. Yeah, but yeah, with the weekend, what's and a half crazy was Teddy was leading us to fucking win that game until that interception. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think with the week and a half adjustments. You're going to see some, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Kosicki got more involved again. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw more out of like Mostert and um, Edmonds. If they can get the running game going, that'll help. But you're going to see different guys getting the ball because Teddy probably was throwing to different people when he was, uh, you know. uh, Right. You know, taking the second string snaps. Yeah, absolutely. So it should be interesting. I'm totally scared shitless of him throwing a deep ball. In the coverage, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he probably won't, but you know, yeah, he did. We'll see. He did. He did. He did in the last game. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh shit. So yeah, I'm excited for it. We'll we'll have to have yeah. a little. Listen, I don't want to mush, and you don't want to mush, but we're gonna have to have some shit talking. Of course, yeah. of course, naturally. So, all right, brother. Let's let's go raise hell in the thread. I'll t- all right, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Yeah.